return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. With the technology and the different things behind the scenes, working with Lowell, and they've, they've gotten a lot of things up. Uh, Facebook Live tonight again, you know, so I just appreciate all that he's doing, the anointing of God that's on his life. Uh, tonight he's share. Let's welcome him, all right, Pastor Rand, and he comes to share here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. It's always fun to share the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, we just thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for all the freedoms that we have here, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you that we can freely worship you, thank you Jesus. in public. We can, we can meet, hallelujah, that there's no regulations yep. on us meeting here in thank South Dakota, you, at least. Yep. Father, we just thank you, that, thank you that your word is moving forth all around the world. Yes. All around the world, your word is moving. The spirit of God is moving. Hallelujah. You've poured out your spirit. On all of us, Lord, so we just thank you for that. We thank you for manifestations of miracles and words of knowledge and words of wisdom, Lord, to happen in in these services that we have, Jesus. Hallelujah, that people can can see that, that you are not dead and you are not sleeping and you are not away, but you are here present with us, Lord. So we give you praise and glory. We thank you for tonight, Lord, that we can get something out of this, out of your word. Hallelujah. Help me to be a mouthpiece for you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to talk tonight about um, freedom to live righteously, or change it to free to live righteously. And I think there's um, misconceptions about the freedoms that we have um, as Christians. You know, um, our freedoms that we have spiritually as Christians are different from what the world might see as freedom. Right. Amen. But in the United States here, we have a lot of freedoms. Amen. Yeah. And when I was going through this message, I, it, it just didn't click that it was going to be right after the 4th of July uh, Independence Day weekend. But you know, we have the freedom of speech. Amen. The freedom of religion. Hallelujah. Freedom of press, assembly. We have the right to petition the government. The right to keep and bear arms. Those are the first two uh, rights of the Bill of, of, the, of, the, um, Bill of Rights. Amen. And the freedom to vote, etc. And spiritually, we have freedom as Christians, too. And I want to talk about the types of freedoms that we have and how it can be sometimes misconstrued, even by Christians. Um, more of the, the freelance, um, um, you know, all it's all about I can do whatever I want to type Christians. Because there are Christians like that who, who, really, who really believe that, well, because God's grace, I can just do what I want to do. And that's not true, and, and you hear, I mean, there's, there's kind of two sides to it. There's the, there's the legalistic side, where it's all about laws, and it's all about rules, and it's all about regulations. And then there's a side where it's like, well, the Holy Spirit's, you know, 
I'm just going to be led all the time by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to worry about any laws or regulations or rules or order or anything like that. And we want to be like really comfortable right in the middle, amen? amen. Where we, where the, the Bible talks about order and services and the Bible talks about um, submitting to, to, to uh, government, you know, when government is there for us for good. You know, we want to, we want to submit to them when we should and we want to do what the Lord wants us to do. Amen. And then we also want to be led by the Spirit um, in everything that we do. Amen. Because, you know, a little bit of a rabbit trail, but, but, um, you know, not all government is good. There's a lot of governments around the world that are bad. That if you're a Christian and you follow after the government, you're actually following after evil, following after darkness and everything. So it's really wanting to rightly divide the word. Amen. And before we can truly know what freedom is, we need to understand a little bit about grace. Because grace, freedom comes from grace. Amen. That's the only way that we're free is because we have grace. Amen. And the only way we receive grace is through Jesus Christ. That was the only way we could ever receive grace. Uh, I'm going to, I'm based, if you guys want to open your Bibles, you can. I'm going to stay in Romans for all of my scriptures, which I've never done before. I've never stayed in one book for all of my scriptures before. But we're going to stay in Romans, Romans 1.5. It says, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So again, through him we received grace. Amen. We don't experience freedom without grace. Before Jesus came, there wasn't grace as we see it today. There wasn't a, we weren't under the covenant of grace. There was a covenant of the law, the old covenant, which was a covenant really of bondage. Amen? Um, because, and it, we'll, we'll look at it in some scripture here, but they're either under bondage to sin like the Greeks. You know, they just, they're under this bondage. They didn't know the, the law. They didn't, they couldn't follow after the law. They weren't Jewish. So they, they weren't in that club or bondage under the law. And, and yes, the Old Testament law was a form of bondage. If we go to Romans 6.14, it says, for, shit, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Which tells me that under the law, that sin had dominion in the law. Not that the law wasn't good, and not that the law wasn't from God, but as we look later on, sin took opportunity in the law to get people to want to do things that were against the law. Amen? Because of the law... They knew what sin was, and it was there so they would know what sin was. The law came so that there was a list of rules, and you could say, okay, that's not lawful, that's a sin, I can't do that. There weren't many parts of the law that said, you can do this, or you should do this. There was a, lot of, a lot of the law was, you can't do this, or if you do this, then you have to make this sacrifice. Because the, the law really only talked about all of the the sacrifices for the sins committed. There wasn't a lot of, okay, if you if you do this, you're in the clear. No, it's it's it was a lot of don't do this, thou shalt not, amen. Yeah. And in the New Testament, there's a lot of thou shall. Amen. Talks a lot about the goodness of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. And this is the things that you can do to be free from all of this other stuff. Yeah. Amen. This doesn't mean the law was bad, like I said, but Satan used the law to put people in bondage. Mm-hmm. Romans 7, 7 
through 8 says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would have not known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetedness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But verse 8 says, Sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, sin was dead. So the law, within the law, it says in verse 8, taking opportunity by the law, produced in me all manner of evil desire. So what he's saying there is that, that the Israelites knew the law, they knew what they weren't supposed to do, but Satan and sin, taking opportunity by that, said, hey, this would be fun. You should do this. You should do the things that you're not supposed to do. Even Paul, you know, and there's, there's a nature inside of us, human nature, and Paul even says, I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I know I should do. Amen. And so, and so balancing the law and, you know, in grace is something that as Christians, every day we have to work on and every day we have to progress because it's, it's not an easy thing to do because our, our sinful nature, our flesh wants to go out and do the things that are um, against what God would want us to do. Amen. The purpose of the law was to show them what sin was so they wouldn't do it. Amen. He tells people, Satan tells people that following Jesus is keeping them from being free to do what they want to do, when really those things bring bondage. Right. So, you know, you, you hear a lot of people, I've, I've heard, I've had friends that have said, you know, they don't want to, they don't really want to be a Christian, they don't want to experience this, because they feel like all these things that they're doing now, that they're quote-unquote free to do, they won't be able to do, or they'll feel guilty about it, or they'll do, when really that's completely opposite of what the New Testament Brains, amen. Romans 3 9. Uh, this is a, we're going to do a long portion, but this first portion, 3 9 through 18, talking about the Jews. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside, they have t- together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb with their tongues. They have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now you might say, well, that sounds like an Old Testament scripture. Well, it is. It's a mixture of um, two verses in Psalms and one in Ecclesiastes. So we're going to continue to read because we want to keep this in context. You know, you, you hear different ministers go through and they, they'll, they'll say either there's none righteous, no, not one. Or they'll say there's none who seeks after God. Or they'll say um, that uh, there's no one good, no, not one. And they'll just kind of leave it there. Kind of as a, yeah, we're all sinners, right? We're all sinners. You know, there's no good. None of us are good. But as we continue to read, Romans, uh, go to 3.19, two more verses here. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. So it says, those who are under the law, amen, it says to those that are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is, is the knowledge of sin. So 
if we can't be justified by these things, the, the deeds of the law, no, no flesh, us, we can't be justified, then we can't go to heaven. Right? That, if we're not justified, we're not, we can't be in glory with him. So when the Old Testament law was in place, there was not, they were not right with God. Amen? Sin still reigned and ruled in their bodies. You know, because still, sin was still an issue. There was nothing that they could have done to justify themselves. Amen? And the, the good news is coming, Romans 3, verse 21. It says, but now. When he says, but now, he's talking about everything that happened after the death and resurrection of Jesus through the rest of the covenant, which we're still in. Amen. Hallelujah for that. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law. So there was righteousness in the law. The righteousness of God was in the law. But when Jesus came, the law was fulfilled. So all you, you separate it out. It's like when you mix oil and water, it separates out. You know, what separated out was the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed now, and it's, and it's by itself, the righteousness of God, yeah. being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So they knew, they, they could see the righteousness. You know, even Abraham, before the law, you know, all of his faith was accounted to him for righteousness. So there was righteousness in the Old Testament, but right now, to, or it says, even though the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Amen. So instead of having to deal with the law and righteousness and try to juggle both, hallelujah, we look at the righteousness of God and when we receive him, the righteousness comes in us. Amen. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace. And I love that. You know, every, we've all sinned and fallen short of the, God, of, of the glory of God, but that's not the end of the verse. Right. Amen? Sorry, that is the end of the verse. It's not the end of the chapter. Yeah. 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? So really, to understand, to know, and I'm not going to go, I mean, there's so much on grace. It's unbelievable. <laughs> when, you look at, when you look through the scriptures, if you just look up the word grace, you know, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of times. But, but grace, when it comes to freedom, amen, is for all. Everybody can be under that same grace if they believe on him, amen. So aren't you glad that we're no longer under the dominion of the law? Amen. amen. You look at verses 9 through 20, and you say, wow, I can't do that. That would deter me. I feel, I feel like that would deter me from wanting to be a Christian. It's like, well, I'm not righteous anyways. Right? But because of grace, through the redemption of Jesus, we have been justified not to continue to sin, amen, but to live free from sin. And I think that's a lot of times where Christians get it wrong. Because, you know, especially, especially, um, I believe, especially faith movements and faith teachers, because they say, you know, they know all about God's grace. They have revelation of, of grace and and they do these things, but there's so many there's so many pe- preachers that kind of get right up against the line, to where they say, "Well, you can do anything, and God's just going to forgive you about it for everything." And they don't think about they don't think about it the other way. It's not a freedom to do what we want to do so that God forgives us. Amen. It's a freedom to live for Him, to a freedom to live free from sin. Now there's there's three types of freedoms. There's the freedom to the freedom from, and the freedom to be. And the world, when the world looks at freedom in relation to Christianity, they say, 
But without religion, I'm free to do what I want. I'm free from moral responsibility. And I'm free to be who I want to be. You know, and you have a lot of different things. You have a lot of different um, doctrines and, you know, of, of sexuality and gender and all these other things that are going on. So they say, I, I'm free who I want to be. As Christians, we know the truth is that we are free to live righteously for him. We're free from sin and the ungodly lifestyle. And we're free to be who he's called us to be. Amen. He fearfully and wonderfully made us. Hallelujah. When we become a Christian, our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not our own to keep. We're, we're renting it. Hallelujah. And eventually the body's going to pass away. So, so while we're on this earth, our, our body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. So what a man puts into his body defiles, either defiles the body or lifts it up. Amen. And so the world looks as, at freedom as being able to do anything they want, but freedom in the Bible is quite different than that. Hallelujah. We have the freedom to do what is right because we are not under the dominion of sin. Romans 6, 1, verse 2, uh, verse 1, or 6, 1 and 2, we shall say then, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Amen. So when Jesus died on the cross, we died to sin. Hallelujah. In other words, the excuse to live in sin is no longer valid because we were set free from that through Jesus. You know, in the Old Testament, actually, there were there was um, there were offerings like the trespass offering. I think it was. You didn't even have to be sorry for what you did. It was an offering like, oh, yeah, I guess that was wrong. Here you go. And there was no repentance. There was no, um, you didn't have, again, like you didn't have to be sorry. It just, that was, you know, that, you want to talk about legalism, that's what that was. You know, it's like, okay, I did this. Here's my penance. Here's, here's to get, to take that off my record. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, when Jesus came, his blood, he died for us. Yeah. One drop of his blood took it all off our record. Amen? Yeah. And so we were, we were set free from that through Jesus. Romans 6, 3 through 7 says, Or do you not know that as many of as a... Uh, yeah, I'm going to start over. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father... Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Amen. Verse 5, For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Amen. We haven't been freed to sin that his grace may abound but we've been freed from sin as a result of his grace abounding. Amen? You see how you just change a couple words around and and the whole sentence is completely different. We haven't been freed to sin that his grace may abound, but we've been freed from sin as a result of his grace abounding. Mm -hmm. Amen. If we go back to verse 4, it says, We are buried with him through the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even... So we also should walk in newness of life. So when you think of baptism and, and water baptism and submersion in water, that's a representation of, of dying with Christ. 
all the, the old man, the old, the old ways, all the old things that I used to do that I thought was real freedom as all gone. When you come up, it's the newness of life. It's the, it's the realization that now I'm actually free. Amen. I don't know, has anybody seen The Matrix here? Where, uh, you know, everybody's living in like a computer program and they think they're free, but they're really not. They're actually being controlled by computers. And then, uh, and then the main character actually gets free from that and is living in the real world. That's kind of what baptism is. We, you know, when we're in the world, we think that we're living free. We think everything's great. I'm, you know, I'm making money. I'm, I'm hanging out with friends, whatever. But when we become, when we, when we become a Christian, it's like the scales drop from our eyes, and it's like, wow, this is real freedom. Amen. And it's all again because of His grace. If we keep going, Romans six eight uh, through fourteen says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So if we're, if we're crucified with him and, and um, we're, we're buried with him, our sins are buried with him, then that means they're buried once and for all. Amen. And when we raise back up into life and he lives, he lives to God, which means we live to God. Hallelujah. So that's, that's our responsibility. Amen? Um, where are we at? Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness, to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And so we get into that where when we're under the law, when we're under grace, sin doesn't have dominion over us. Amen? Sin can't control our lives through bondage. Satan can't control our lives through bondage. Amen? We can, he can try to oppress us, and he can, he can come into our lives and try to mess things up, but he doesn't have control over our physical bodies. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Death lost dominion over us when Jesus defeated the grave and rose from the dead. Sin lost dominion over us when he raised from the dead. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. So death and sin, the wages of sin are death, all of that had dominion over us before Jesus died on the cross. I love a book um, by Andrew Womack. It's called um, The War is Over. Yeah. And it, the yeah. subtitle is God's Not Mad at You, So Stop Struggling with Sin and Judgment. Yeah. I love the book. I mean, the title's great and it just yeah. makes you want to read it. Yeah. But um, all the stuff in the book is just really good. Yeah. just has the revelation of the right kind of grace, the grace yeah. that, that we actually have rather than the grace that people maybe think we do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Romans 6.15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that from the doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. 
And I, I like this verse because it says we were slaves of sin, but now we, because we're free from sin, we become slaves of righteousness. Amen. So instead of, instead of our nature being to want to do the sinful thing, God has given us an avenue, an opportunity yep. to say, okay, now I want to do the right thing. Yep. Amen. We're not slaves to sin. We're Amen. free from sin. Yeah. And we become slaves of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And that slave isn't in the sense of he's just going to make us do these righteous acts. He's just going to make us go towards his will. He's going to make us do these things. Because God's not a dictator. He doesn't dictate our lives. There's still rules to follow. There's still things morally that we want to follow. Amen. But he's not there. Make, like If we're going this way and we're supposed to be going this way, like pick us up and turn us so that we can start going this way. He's not a dictator like that. Amen. But he allows us to make decisions. He allows us to make good decisions. Amen. Because the dictator doesn't allow you to make any decisions. Your, your life is all dictated. You know, it's really controlled and everything. But Jesus, he's allowing us to make good decisions. I mean, and in the process, we do make bad decisions. And I've made plenty of bad decisions in my life. But, but the whole idea of grace is that, okay, I'm going to... I've said this before. And in a relationship, there should be a trust in a relationship. Now, we trust him to do any, every, anything and everything. Amen. Because he's the, he's the almighty one. He's omnip- I mean, he's just, he's always trustworthy. He's always faithful. But in turn, he doesn't control our lives because that'd be a bad relationship. Amen. If my wife trusted me with everything and I didn't trust her at all and I dictated and I, and I tried to shape her life how I wanted it, well, that'd be a bad relationship. She wouldn't want to be in that relationship. But the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit, he'll speak to us. He'll try to guide us. He'll, he'll talk to us in the still, small voice. Amen. But in the end, he trusts us to make good decisions. Right. Amen? Yeah. I even think, you know, if, I've thought to myself before, well, if God knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall, like, why didn't he just take, try to take care of the devil before that? Yeah. You know, and then we'd be done. Just be done with the devil and sin and everything like that. That's a whole other sermon in itself. Right. But... But the, th- the thing is, is that he knew that, he knows everything. You know, he knows the beginning from the end. But he still had faith in mankind. He still had trust in his relationship with Adam and Eve. It's hard to explain, just be, and it's hard to wrap my mind around, because he does know the beginning from the end, but he still trusts us. <laughs> Amen? I can't even think of an example. It's like if my, if my son... Um, I don't know. When he gets older and he's going to pick a college and he wants to pick this one college, and I'm like, I, I don't know about that one, but this one is perfect. And But I know he's going to pick this one over here. Like, I would still trust him to make the right decision based on, you know, what he, what he has. You know, that's a pretty bad example, I guess. But, but it's the same, the same still stands as the Lord trusts in a relationship we have trust with the Lord. Amen. So as Christians, it's important to know what kind of freedom we have so we can be equipped to tell others what freedom they can have. Amen. It's not a freedom to do what we want. It's not a, fr- it's not a freedom just to go off and, and I'm going to do this 
And, well, but that's okay because the Lord's going to forgive me. No, it's a freedom to live for Jesus. Yeah. Not to condemn others. You know, we don't want to condemn people. We want to give them a hope that they can be just as free. Yeah. You know, a lot of the world thinks that freedom is actually bondage, and bondage is freedom. Yeah. And a lot of the world thinks that what they're doing is freedom. Well, I'm, I'm free to do what I want. Yeah. Really, they're, they're slaves to sin. Yeah. You know, they haven't been set free to sin, set free from sin yet. But they're under a bondage of sin. Amen. But the Spirit gives us freedom. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It says slaves of righteousness, but we're free to do what God has called us to do. Yeah. Uh, last scripture here, Romans 8, 1. says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Yeah. And I look at that word condemnation. And, you know, because, again, we, do all, we, we all mess up. But there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So even if we mess up, but we, but we want to be right with God, yep. the Lord's not condemning us, saying, oh, you really blew it. I'm not going to give you another chance. Yep. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to let you do this. Yep. No, there, so there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. So the law of the spirit of life, you know, the opposite of life is death. Amen. So when, when Jesus came and he died and he rose from the dead, we were now given opportunity at life. Yep. Amen. Under the law, it was, there was death. I mean, under the, the old covenant, um, there, had to be, there had to be every year or every week or for your offering you had to kill. You know, and so it was, there was really circled around death. Well, in the New Testament, yeah, Jesus died for our sins. I mean, he died so we could be reconciled to God. But in Romans, it says that he, he lived so that we could live eternally with him. So while the Old Testament was associated with death, the New Testament really, I mean, if he would have died and wanted to come back to life, there would be no new covenant, right? Really, the New Testament is associated with life. It's associated with the grace of God, that, that there was really no place for Jesus when he died. Yeah. He could not be held in, in, uh, in hell because he had no sin. Mm-hmm. He could not be held in Abraham's bosom because, again, he had no sin. There needed to be a perfect place for him to go because he was perfect. Yeah. And I'm actually glad that he opened the door for us. Amen. That we don't have to be perfect, but our spirits, it says, are sealed, are guaranteed. Yeah. Amen. That we identify with the Holy Spirit, that we are... Sons and daughters of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. So just tonight, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of you maybe know all this already, um, but I thought it was just something the Lord laid on my heart that, yeah. you know, freedom, how the world sees it and how even some Christians see it, isn't really right. Yeah. You know, the freedom isn't to, do, to live in sin, but there's a freedom to live for Jesus. Amen. There's a freedom to live in victory, and through that, through those the redemptive promises, we do we get victory, we get prosperity, we get health, you know. But it's all by the grace of God. There's nothing that we can do. I mean, in the natural, there's things that we can do, but there's no accolades, there's no formula that we have to use to try to be healthy here or get prosperity here. It's all by the grace of God. Amen. The freedom to live by Him is only possible through His grace. Amen.
Hallelujah. I'm a little I'm a little early here, but let's just close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for all the freedoms that we have. Lord. We thank you that we are free to live for you, that we are no longer under bondage of the world, that we know are, that we're no longer expected to do evil things, things that that Satan would like, that but we are free to do things that are pleasing to you, Jesus. And so we just thank you. We thank you for this freedom that we have. We thank you that we can accurately describe it and, and give it to others, Lord. That we can minister grace as well to other people, Father. That we don't have to condemn people as we witness to them. People know that they, when they live in sin and when they do things that, that are sinful. But Lord, that we can, we can show them and give them the, the hope of your calling for us. Lord, that, they have, that they have a specific calling, Lord. And so we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for a great week that you give us opportunities to witness. You give us opportunities to minister and bring up you and your goodness, to bring up the gospel. And Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you bestow on us. We thank you for all the miracles that are done in our lives every single day, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. I thank you for just a protection, a covering over people in this room, Father, from any diseases, from any sicknesses, from any from any, um, anybody trying to steal what they have, Lord. Yes. We just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love for us, Jesus. You, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And if anybody wants prayer tonight, you can come on up and I'll be happy to pray with you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.